Hello and welcome to The Well Podcast. Find out more at facebook.com forward slash The Well Event. I was just remembering years and years ago I was involved in uh, street evangelism. I was out in the streets doing open air preaching, giving out leaflets and talking to people about the Lord. And I was on fire. I remember talking to my friend at the time and saying, like, this is so good. This is what it is to be a Christian out here in the streets telling people about Jesus. Why does everybody not do this? It's what it is to be, to be a Christian. And my friend, he had real wisdom, actually, in that moment. And uh, at that time, Terry Fairfield was in charge of the befrienders. And he said, you should go and tell Terry that. And she might tell you that what it is to be a Christian is actually to care for the disabled. I was like, oh yeah, there's different ways of serving the Lord, different ways of being a Christian and living out Jesus. So if you do want the help there, uh, and it's a great avenue, as Jim has said, speak to me uh, or or get in touch with Jim uh, as well. Okay, let's turn to the Bible. Uh, Genesis chapter 16. Uh, Genesis chapter 16. Um, This is a message that I have given titles all beginning with P except one because it got stuck. So tonight I'm going to tell you about from the life of of, of Abraham. I'm going to tell you uh, a little bit of the background. So I'm going to give you the people, the promises, the rejections, but then the purpose and the providence. Okay, so if you got that, and if you can think of another word for rejection that begins with P, please let me know. The people, the promises, the rejections, and then the purpose and the providence. Okay. This is all from Genesis 16. Um, but let, let's, let's read some of that, shall we, together. This is what the Bible says. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. And she had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Uh, go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and she gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Sarai said to Abraham, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servants in your part, do to her as you please. So then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, and the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. Let's just leave the reading there. Let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you uh, for the privilege already of being in the place of worship and even hearing about your work of what's been going on for 25 years 
in the Befrienders ministry. Uh, pray blessing upon it, O oh God. I pray blessing upon that work. And even if you're moving in someone's heart just now, may they, they know what to do in order to, to step up into what you would have them to do to help. And just now we're looking at your word and we pray that you would bless your people. Uh, let them find something of help and something of encouragement. May they even hear the very word of the Lord to their soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so point number one, anyone remembers the people? Okay, here you have a story. Um, we've read it together. I'll go into it now. Uh, you may be really familiar with it, but let me try and set a little bit of the scene, a little bit of the background by telling you who are the people that are involved in it. So first of all, you've got Abram. Now, I will probably refer to him as Abraham, and you will probably all know the reason why that Abram, um, at the point of covenant with God, Abraham, uh, which means, Abram, which means exalted father, he had his name changed to Abraham, uh, which means father of multitudes. Uh, so if I talk about Abram, Abraham, or get it all interchanged, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Actually, Abram, or Abraham, he came from a land called Ur of the Chaldees, uh, and he was told by God to get up and go, and go to all the hand that I'm going to show you. Uh, amazing, isn't it, how God can give you an instruction, uh, but you don't know the full outcome of what it's going to be. I think you can relate to that, can't you? You've got an order from God, an instruction, just something in your spirit that compels you to do something, to help at something, to go to somewhere, to go to someone, and you don't know what the outcome's going to be, but that's where faith comes into your journey and where faith comes into your story. And so Abraham had to be a man of faith, okay? You've told me to go. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going. And that's what God requires of us in this journey of life sometimes. Sometimes we don't know much more than the next step, but that's enough if we have Jesus. So this man from Ur of the Chaldees, he's told to get up and go to a land that I'm going to show you. And he's given a promise that I'm going to make you great. I'm going to make you a father of many. I'm going to bless you. You know, amazing to have this hand of God upon you with such strength. And you have Sarai. Uh, Sarai, which... The name has connotations of meaning a princess. And at the time of covenant, she had her name changed to Sarah, uh, which is just like a, another form of, of that word princess. Um, and actually, the covenant that God was going to establish, uh, let me just say this at the very outset, because those of you who know the story, it wasn't just for Abraham, because it was to be through the child that Sarah would bear so when Abraham had a child with Hagar, that was not going to be the child of covenant because it wasn't only for Abraham. This blessing, this commission, and this covenant was also for Sarah. Now, that's one for the women here who might feel that the Bible is chauvinistic by nature. And you could read it as such that this blessing was Abraham, Father Abraham. But Sarah was also the chosen of God through which he would establish his covenant. So you've got Abraham. You've got Sarai or Sarah. Uh, another character in the story of Abraham is Lot. And actually, to me, Lot even speaks a little bit um, of the disobedience of Abraham, strangely. Because when he was told to leave her of the Chaldees, he was told to leave his father's house and to leave his kindred. And, and he did all that except 
he brought his nephew along with him. And it seems to me that his nephew was nothing more than a pain in the neck the whole time. Uh, it was actually Lot who stirred up strife with Abraham's men. And Abraham had to go to Lot and say, okay, Lot, enough's enough. You go your way. I'll go mine. No hard feelings, but we need to separate here. And Lot, he goes to Sodom. And then Sodom gets overtaken by all these other kings. And Abraham has to take men and go and get Lot back. And then you know eventually the story of Sodom where Abraham has to get Lot rescued out of it because of the debauchery of the place and because God's going to destroy it. And then Lot eventually ends up living in a cave with his daughters and there's just not a pleasant story of what happens there. And this is all because he brought him along. It was a little bit of disobedience in his act of obedience. And you will find this in life when God commissions you and God puts purpose in you there's people that you're not meant to bring on your journey now this might be for someone tonight and I don't need you to even put your imagination into play you will know straight away if that is you and there is someone in your life and you've got to let them go I actually heard a brilliant preacher during the week I was, a, I was a, a sermon I watched on, on YouTube and he was talking about people that have a, a spirit that's against the spirit that's in you and then these are people even within the church and he recently even has had to be on the phone with people and they've done nothing but stir up trouble in his life and, and then they've said to him well maybe I just need to leave the church and he says I just called their bluff and I said maybe you do phone down hallelujah hallelujah he says there's people and sometimes you gotta let them go so who's that for you know okay there's abraham there's sarah there's lot there's hagar um hagar was egyptian she was the the servant of uh of sarah um so abraham and sarah had gone and spent time down in egypt and, and when Abraham and Sarah were, were there in Egypt. Actually, Abraham became more increased with goods uh, and with people. Um, so it's, it's really thought that this is where Hagar becomes a part of the, of the entourage of Abraham and Sarah. And she becomes a servant to Sarah. Okay. Um, other people in the story? Ishmael, uh, who became the child of Hagar and Abraham. Someone else in the story of Abraham is Isaac, who became the child of covenant through Abraham and Sarah. There's Eliezer, as mentioned. That's who Abraham's really afraid he's going to have to leave everything to. He had no son through most of this story, and he's like, oh God, who am I going to leave everything to? Is it going to have to be Eliezer of Damascus? Um, he's not really spoken very well of in that regard. And then there's other people. There's Pharaoh in Egypt. There's, there's a guy called Cheddar Laomer. What a name. He's, he's one of the kings at the time, and there's the king of Sodom. So these are all the characters. And you read about them all coming up, the, the story of Abraham that begins at the end of Genesis 11, and it ensues for the next eight chapters, maybe nine chapters. The people. Now here's the promises. There was a promise which I've said, which was to Abraham and to Sarah. Uh, and the 
promise ultimately was this. There was three visitations that confirmed the promise through different intervals in Abraham's life. Um, But the promise to Abraham ultimately was this. You're going to have a son. So not just you're going to have a child. You're going to have a son. And it's through this son that my covenant is established with you. Because through this son between Abraham and Sarah, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. And it's through this son that you're going to become a father of multitudes. And Abraham, Sarah, that's a promise. And you know that all of God's promises are yes and amen. There was another promise, and it was a promise to Hagar and to Ishmael. Uh, So when Abraham and Sarah had their massive moments of doubt, and when Sarah says, look, it's like I'm not going to have a son at all, take, take Hagar have a child with her and she has a child she has ishmael and actually then when sarah deals harshly with her and she runs into the desert it's in the desert place that she meets with the angel of the lord or the lord himself and the lord makes her a promise that in fact i'm going to multiply ishmael greatly also and so there's a promise of hope for hagar and for ishmael now i want to say this about the promises of God. I don't want to focus on the fact that it was a child here or you know what the promise of God is to you. It's in your spirit. Uh, For some people here, it's a promise of a child. For some, it's the promise of a relationship, a husband or a wife. Uh, And just let me say at this point, what you should be seeking for is not a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's a husband or a wife. Seek for God. God's partner for your life and maybe you have that promise from God that you will find that maybe you have a promise from God that you're going to have friends or even you might laugh but even a friend because sometimes that's what you need is just that one person in life who can get alongside you for a season and help you and encourage you and see people tapping the person beside them even now we all need a friend eh? Uh, even me maybe your promise from God is for a career, a job, a ministry. Maybe you want to take a moment just now even and think, what is my promise from God? Maybe you want to even ask him, oh God, because I have needs. Could I even hear your voice on those things just now? Is there a promise you could even drop into my heart this evening? Because God is a God of covenant. He's a God of promise. And he will always keep his promises. So we've got the people and you've got the promises. Then you've got the rejection. Now let me explain this. Sarah has the promise. She's going to have a child. But she's approaching, or she's almost past the point where this promise could humanly speak and be fulfilled because she's getting older. And when there's no sign of this happening for her, she blames God and she believes a lie. And we read it there in Genesis chapter 16. She says, God has prevented me from having a child. Now the truth is that God had promised her she would have a child. But as time has gone on, and as it's got harder for her to believe, she's let a lie of the enemy take the place of the promise. And she's about to build the next season of her life upon a lie. 
Now, when you build upon the lies of the enemy, the results are disastrous. By the way, you know Adam and Eve in the garden, they had a promise. The promise from God was that if you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. And the enemy came and he questioned the promise. He put doubt into Eve that the promise was true. Did God really say until she eats the fruit of that tree? And then once she has done it, it's as if she doesn't want to be alone in what she's done. And so she goes then onto Adam and says, you need to do this too. And here you see the replication and the, and the attack of the enemy. Sarah, did God really promise? No, he didn't. God has prevented you. And she starts to believe the lie, and it's not enough for her to believe it in her own. She brings Abraham in on it. God, God has prevented me. Abraham, you need to now go into my servant, Hagar. And when you think about this, you could be tempted to believe, men, that the, the lesson here is do not listen to your wives. Uh, don't listen to the other half. But there are probably many examples in scriptures where wives probably shouldn't listen to their husband. Here's the principle. Together, there's going to be times, and I suppose I'm speaking here to those that are married, but there's going to be times where one of you will feel weak. There's maybe even times where one of you will come under the attack and even the influence of the enemy. And that's where you have to be strong. That's where you have not to subject yourself also to that, but you have to say, no, God has said, God has said, God has said. And that's why when you're looking for your partner in life, you need to be looking for the person who will always bring God into every situation. You got to make sure you're with the person you can pray with. You got to make sure you're with the person you can read with. You got to be sure you're with the person you can talk about the things of God with and even share in serving God together. I think at this stage there's been a relationship breakdown with Abraham and Sarah. Maybe not talking about God. Maybe not praying to God. And so the enemy has crept in and caused them to believe the lie. And there's a relationship breakdown. I spent some time thinking about this. I'll not, I don't have time just now to go into this, but you read about this. You know, like Abraham goes into Hagar and Hagar conceives and has a son. But boy, see if you think about that. The emotional turmoil that then must have ensued upon Sarah and then even upon Abraham. And the, the struggle that this now presents in their relationship. Sarah now hates Hagar. She hates Ishmael. She blames Abraham at one point and sort of says it's your fault and let God judge the matter. And then when God visits again and gives the promise again, Sarah, you're going to have a son. She actually laughs. She almost scorns at the promise. And this is what I've put as the, the first big rejection of the story. Sarah feels rejected by life. You see, when you're thinking of rejection here, it's the obvious ones, Hagar and Ishmael, but actually Sarah feels rejected by life. It hasn't happened for her. And it's all gone wrong. Maybe you can relate. Hagar, she's been removed from her people. She was Egyptian, but now she's away as a, a servant or a slave. 
She was handed over by her mistress as if she had no value or worth. She was used by her master, Abraham. She was then despised by her mistress. She was devalued by her master. And she had to run away into the wilderness on two occasions. Actually, on one occasion, she's told to go back. The rejection. Sarah, rejected by life. And Hagar, rejected by everyone all around her. Maybe you can relate. So we've had the people. We've had the promises. We've had the rejection. Please, somebody think of something that begins with P for that one. Because now, just to wrap it up, we've got the purpose and the providence. Because Sarah, who had believed the lie, and in believing the lie, she got herself into a deeper mess that caused her to feel the rejection of life itself. She gives birth. And the promise is fulfilled in her life. And she has a boy called Isaac, and she calls him, he laughs. And you read about the laughter and the joy that Isaac has now brought to Sarah's life. Here's what I've written for you who feel rejected by life. God always fulfills his promises. He does it in his way and in his timing. If you can learn to trust in that, you can learn to enjoy the journey and even learn to enjoy the waiting. You can't make the promise happen, but neither can you stop it from happening. It is time for you to trust the Lord and to enjoy what's in front of you today. Let me share something a wee tiny bit personal. Did you ever just have one of those days, you know, like where, where something just hits you and you're like, oh, you know, and you're like, for goodness sake, everything was going so well too. Maybe for you it's day after day and, and the rejection of life upon you. So not too long ago, because this is a new song, so the other day I, I just felt something in me. It's like, oh. But there's a song out at the minute by Martin Smith. And it goes, I'm going to sing my way out of trouble. I'm going to sing till the day I'm free. It's brilliant. And I just went and I stood before the Lord and I raised my hands. And I sang, I'm going to sing my way out of trouble. And so if you're in the place and you have the promise, but you're feeling just, uh, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? As David said in Psalm 13. It's time to believe he will fulfill it in his way at his time. I can't make it happen. I can't stop it from happening. But today I'm going to sing. And I'm going to lift my hands. And I'm going to be thankful that I'm a child of the King and I'm going to enjoy what's in front of me today. And in the perfect time, God will bring it to pass. That was for Sarah. Hagar had been rejected. Do you know what you read about Hagar? The, the, the first time she was rejected, she ran away into the wilderness. Uh, and there the angel of the Lord meets with her and tells you, you want to have a son. He's going to be called Ishmael. And then he's going to be made into a great multitude of people too. Now, go back to Sarah. And in the message translation of the Bible, it actually basically says, go back and put up with it. 
<laughs> and I thought that was brilliant because all too often in life we think the answer is I'm out of here uh, don't put your hand up if this is you but I want, is that you I'll put my hand up for me all too often I think you know what I'm out of here this is weak I can't handle this but God is saying go back and put up with it and do you know how she could put up with it because this was where she first received the promise and actually in the place of receiving the promise you read there that she says actually that the angel of the Lord says God hears get that God hears and then she says I know this is the place where God sees El Roy it is in the Hebrew and there she receives the promise God hears talk to him God sees he knows all that's going on and God has a promise to put in your heart so go back and get on with it and keep putting one foot in front of the other now the second time she's rejected Ishmael's about 13 14 years old and actually it's in the plan and purpose of God and you read that she found a husband for Ishmael in Egypt now do you remember where Hagar was from Egypt the rejection had propelled her into the place of purpose she was now back home and sometimes we are trying everything to fit in somewhere sometimes we're doing all that we can to be accepted in a place where actually if you're rejected from it it might be in the very plan and purpose of God so that you can find yourself in a place that I can be me that this is a place that I can call home God's work is perfect and all his ways are just so I hope it's been a blessing the people the promise the rejection the purpose let me wrap it up with one statement that a friend of mine always said to me God has a plan and if you're feeling rejection know this as he did for Sarah and as he did for Hagar God has a plan for you. Let's pray.